am Bargi, host of Text to Task Simplifying Education. I believe that we can be inspired every day. Thank you for joining me today. For updates, follow me on Instagram at millennial underscore teaching learning. In this episode, we listen to the untold narratives surrounding conflict and its profound impact on education and students in Sudan. Amidst the turbulent backdrop of conflict, we explore the challenges faced by schools, teachers and students. My guest today is John Nelson Baden Kenny, an educator who is committed to transforming lives through education in South Sudan. Currently serving as an English teacher at St. Komboni's Secondary School in Zuba, he also imparts his knowledge through private tutoring in college writing skills. Previously, Nelson taught English and served as the head of the English department at the African Foundation for Education. To enhance his teaching abilities, he has participated in various skill enhancement programs facilitated by the U.S. Department of State and the British Council. Nelson Vaden, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you as my guest. Welcome, Garji. Let's now begin the conversation and delve into Nelson's expertise and experiences as a teacher in Sudan, a country plagued by conflict. My first question to you is, what is the role of technology in education in Sudan? Thank you very much, Garjit, for this wonderful question. Technology is the use of modern devices in the daily teaching which with regards to that role of the technology in education in the Sudan, there are very many points to discuss. First, in many schools and universities, computers are nowadays used to design and to deliver course materials. For example, PowerPoints are prepared on the slides. Computer is projected, is connected to a projector, and a teacher or a lecturer presents the lecture. Second, students use interactive technological tools to do their course assignments. Some of these interactive technological tools are WhatsApp, in which a group is created for a class, and within this group, each student of the class can be a member and actively take part in online discussions, which are supervised by a lecturer or a teacher. Another useful interactive technological tool is Zoom that allows students to communicate with each other and work together before submitting their respective assignments. Thirdly, students use course management systems within South Sudan to submit their assignments and communicate with lecturers. For example, the Gmail is an important platform that nowadays students use to send and receive emails from their tutors. In the end, technology helps students all over South Sudan 
to become empowered to take on their respective learning. In this way, our learners do become interested in their learning. They learn how to find things for themselves. And this defines the real meaning of education in 21st century in which students do become teachers of their own learning and teachers do become students of their own teaching. Thank you. Building on that, I'm curious to know how are teachers trained and supported in Sudan? This is a wonderful question. In the Sudan, teachers are trained in two different ways. And later we will discuss as to how teachers are supported. Teachers are trained either pre-service or in service. The pre-service teachers training is the training that is done when men and women with interest in teaching or under the influence of others go to universities, colleges, institutes or vocational training centers to become teachers. Available in the Sudan and in South Sudan today are universities like University of Juba that trains teachers for four years and graduates hundreds of teachers every year in fields or departments like of English language and literature, Arabic language and English language and translations, physics and maths, history and geography, as well as biology and chemistry. There are also other universities that do train teachers. Coming to, to the in-service teachers training, of course, there are also men and women who have gotten into the school business without having attended teachers training. Therefore, some institutions like OVI, La Nostra Famiglia, in partnership with Light for the World Netherlands, they do give a short course entitled Inclusive Education, in particular classroom management as an in-service teacher's training. There is also an in-service teacher's training, which is a professional development being delivered in South Sudan by the British Council. The course name is Introduction to the six core skills for teachers. Lastly, another service teachers training is the online to professional English network, which is divided into two. There are massive open online courses in which you enrolled on your own, and there are global online courses that requires nomination from the embassy. So these are the three ways in which teachers are trained in South Sudan in servicely. Regarding support to, to us teachers, we teachers in the Sudan and in South Sudan in particular are poorly supported by our National Ministry of Education. We do receive mega salary that couldn't meet our daily demands. This has made many well-trained teachers to quit the job of teaching. But with regards to, to private schools, because the tuition that the students do pay is high, so this same money paid by students is used to, to pay teachers on time. That gives or makes the difference in 
between private and public schools. You find teachers in public schools quit the job and teachers in private schools continue to stay in the job. Why? Because we are not very well supported. Thank you. On a similar note, what efforts are being made to improve access to education for girls and women in Sudan? This is a very good question. Generally, there are no specific efforts that are being made to improve access to education for girls and women in South Sudan. But what I've seen and what I've taken part in several times during my teaching period, there is a program called GAS. This GAS, G-E-S-S, stands for Girls Education South Sudan. It is a program that is run by an organization called the Strom Foundation. The program gives female students every year some money, cash in their hand for them to do or buy whatever they want, the female students. The program also provides schools across South Sudan every year, every start of academic year with roll call or attendance registry and schools registration books. The program also gives every school within the country some money for the school to, to renovate or else construct their own toilets or latrines, and especially for girls, for the schools to have renovate or construct a dress and change room for female students and teachers to change their dress in case of any change in their emotions like menstruation or liquid drainage. This is what I've seen happening in South Sudan. So, but more than this or any other specific support is not there. Thank you. Nelson, thank you for sharing your insights. Moving forward, I would like to ask, how does the Sudanese education system address cultural and linguistic diversity? Thank you for such a wonderful question on culture. I love my culture, the culture of peace and dialogue. South Sudan education system isn't a monolingual entity, but it is a multilingual entity. Several international languages like English language, Arabic language, French language, and Kiswahili language are now being taught in almost all South Sudanese universities and colleges. And in some primary and secondary schools. Within South Sudan, the English language is the country's official language and the medium of instructions in all the educational institutions of the country. Since each language reflects the culture of its native speakers or else the culture of the native speakers of the region, like the English or the British English, reflects the culture of the British people. The American English reflects the culture of the American people. The Arabic language reflects the culture of the Arabic people, as well as the French language 
reflects the culture of the French people of love and friendship. All these various languages together to with various cultures that they bring in help to make the South Sudan educational system to be so diverse. Thank you. Shifting our focus, I would like to learn more about the impact of the ongoing conflict on education. So my first question is, what challenges do teachers and students face due to the conflict in Sudan? This is a very good, this is a very good question, Garji. In South Sudan, due to the conflict, we teachers as well as our students do face several challenges, so to speak. First, South Sudan up to now has very few primary and secondary schools, as well as colleges and universities. These learning institutions are far away from where we teachers and learners do is there. Whenever there is a change in weather, we who do not have the proper means of vehicles as well as students who do not have proper means of transportation couldn't reach to our places of work or to, to their places of learning. Large number of learners is studying in very small classrooms that exceed their construction capacity. If you have a look at a South Sudanese classroom, you will see some students sit down, others stand up. When you ask them, are you hearing the teacher's voice? No. And others even cannot see the teacher's blackboard. These schools of ours also use rigid and specified non-national curriculum. South Sudan is just a new country. We do not have yet a standardized curriculum of our own. Second, we teachers in South Sudan still use the traditional methods for giving classes. That is to say, we write on the blackboard. Yes, we do have computers for digital literacy, and many other modern technological tools like Zoom and WhatsApp, as I've mentioned in the first question of technology. But we do not have the proper working internet connectivity. Making all these devices, these computers, as well as these modern technological tools to be dysfunctional. Third challenge that we do face in South Sudan due to conflict, South Sudanese parents, community or the government don't support these primary and secondary schools as well as our colleges and universities properly as I've stated in the question of support. This has as a result met many well-trained teachers to quit the teaching job. But teaching and learning across all South Sudanese institutions are still surface. I still say surface because up to now, we do lack up-to-date libraries for our students to own their own learning, as well as for us teachers to research extensively. When you have a look at South Sudan's each school year calendar, you'll see that there are many dropouts, teachers leaving their job, students leaving their schools, as well as there are many repeaters. Fifth, teaching and learning 
within the South Sudanese institution don't comprise programs and activities that create awareness to teachers and students on daily life and home situations, such as our current political happenings, for us to be aware of what is happening so that we live and act accordingly. Of course, you cannot teach people and then they don't know what is happening at the places of their stay. Lastly, parents and community members of South Sudan don't visit their children's schools. They do leave the learning of their children entirely on the teachers, which is wrong and heavy. Education should also fully involve the parents and the community so that at the end of the year or at the end of the day, they shouldn't blame teachers. That's why our students are not passing. So they have to be, there has to be that rapport or else that continuous relationships. So these are the challenges that we do face in South Sudan. Thank okay. you. Okay. Have schools been forced to close or relocate due to the conflict? Some schools within South Sudan have been forced to close or to relocate, yes. There are some schools within the capital Juba, where I am right now, that rent space or facilities in which they operate. But with the hard economy, with the upper rise of our economy, they are no longer able to, to parent or even they are teaching staff that has made them to close down. There are also other schools in the outskirts of the capital and into the rural areas that have also to closed down because of the continuous conflicts that have forced many to South Sudanese to seek refuge in the neighboring countries, leaving their home areas to be without inhabitants, without teachers, without students. As a result, the schools have closed down. So two reasons, work and an unstable economy that has forced many schools to close or relocate. Thank you. I have one final question for you, which I consider to be the most important. How are teachers and students coping with the psychological impact of the conflict on education? That psychological impact of the conflict in education in South Sudan, of course, whenever one is surrounded by a trauma, one inhales the trauma. These recurring conflicts in South Sudan have to many negative psychological impacts on education. But we teachers and our students try to handle them through patience, perseverance. That is to say, not giving up, no matter what has happened, but continuing to, to do the job and continuing to, to learn with hardships together. Second, we teachers also keep our sense of humor very high. You find a teacher serving for two, three months without pay. Yes, 
nothing to, to live on except he has to create some jobs to alleviate some of the tensions that he or she may be having in the mind. Thirdly, we also believe strongly that these challenges that we do have just exist to test our courage and endurance, but they shall be overcome to through hard work, patience, and perseverance as I've stated before. Lastly, as citizens of our own country and as patriots, we cannot run away from our problems. The problems that we do have are man-made, and we as people, we will try to, to solve them through education as such. We do expect the best every day, that tomorrow is gonna be a better day. So these are some of the things, or else the wise words that we keep in mind all the time to help us go through the negative psychological impacts of conflict in education in South Sudan. We don't keep quiet. We keep on encouraging our students, even though they are able to come to school late, better late than never. Nelson Vajin, we are extremely grateful for the time you have spent with us and the invaluable knowledge you have shared. Your expertise has truly enriched our conversation 